Hey everybody, welcome back to On the Lighter Side of Baseball with Jamie Retzke on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple iTunes. We're happy to have you with us. The listening audience grows by day and night. And our sponsors are calling in trying to get booked on the show, but we are continuing to fend them off. Yes, fend them off. Because we do not in any way, shape, or form want to in any way, sacrifice our editorial content. And today, we're doing two podcasts. One that I'm doing currently, and uh, hopefully you are listening to. That's going to be a rip on the uh, Chicago Cubs and a little bit of a rip on Major League Baseball. But in particular, I didn't want to have my co-host and the guest on the next podcast today, Craig Kashan, in any way connected to what I have to say, because what I have to say, I suppose some people might be offended. I don't think so. I think I speak for all of the Cub fans, and I know I speak for all season ticket holders in saying that we were robbed of Major League Baseball on the north side of Chicago after July 30. 2021. And how in the world do you say that? What do you really mean by that? Come on. They must have made some good deals. Uh, No. Since the day after the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, the team has been spiraling downhill. And so what are the common denominators in that spiral of 2017, 18, 19, 20, and 21 when the Cubs won a division title or two and then petered out in the World Series. And, you know, they could have petered out in the World Series in 2016, and we'd still be looking for a title. But uh, the rain came, Hayward apparently gave a great speech, and uh, the rest is history. Ground ball to Chris Bryant, picks it up, slips on the turf. A, with the uh, curse of the Cubs, why in the world Bryant's throw didn't end up in the bleachers right near where I was sitting behind first base uh, the day before? I did not go to Game 7. Why that didn't end up in the stands, you got, I don't know, for some reason uh, the baseball gods started to shine down on the Cubs. Well, they could have blown that. They didn't really hit that well. Uh, They could have uh, done better in 2017, but they didn't hit that well. In 2018, 19, 20, they didn't hit that well. 21 didn't hit that well. Uh, So basically on the uh, trading deadline, and even before the trading deadline, the Chicago Cubs gutted their team. They got rid of anybody and everybody. They even got rid of guys that they paid to get rid of. In other words, Anthony Rizzo, one of the great first basemen in baseball and young by baseball age, was given. He's not even rented. Folks, he's not rented. The Yankees aren't renting Rizzo. The Chicago Cubs shipped him off to New York for nothing, and they're paying his salary. Now, why are they doing that? I don't know. I don't know, but that wasn't the dumbest deal. They gave away Chris Bryant and got nothing in return. They got some prospects. Well, we all know how well the Cubs have developed prospects. The best kid to come through the farm system of the Chicago Cubs was none other than Javier Baez, drafted by, not Theo, but Jim Hendry, who was run out of town with with Ed Lynch 
as having uh, been a horrible general manager. Uh, and then in came the Ricketts regime. Well, let me tell you what. I mean, this could not have gone down any worse. Number one, Jed Hoyer, if they're going to do a rebuild in Chicago on the north side, the rebuild ought to start with a new owner. Get a guy who will pay players because the Cubs don't have a guy that will pay players. They just don't. Because if they did, you'd still have a team on the north side of Chicago, but you don't anymore. Now, yeah, they took a game from the Nationals, and they took a game from the Diamondbacks, and they took a game from the Rockies. These are teams that either gutted their team or didn't have much to begin with. So uh, what happened? Let's, let's look at the top down, from Ricketts to Theo to Hoyer. And let's look at what Hoyer had to say after he was lamb bastard, ridiculed, torn apart by every blogger in Chicago. So, how did this all start? Well, it started, I suppose, when Theo screwed around Chris Bryant and his service time, kept him in the minor leagues for an extra day so that he would not be a free agent any earlier. And so I asked myself, what difference would it make? They, they, they don't know how to handle free agents. Theo didn't, and obviously Hoyer doesn't. I mean, nobody could have made worse moves than Jed Hoyer, except for Jed Hoyer. So look at Ricketts. Here's a guy that, a part owner of Ameritrade, in a climate where the Dow has gone from 1,700 to 35,000. 17,000 to 35,000 in the period of time that Ricketts has owned the team. So since his family owns Ameritrade, what do you think their uh, positive cash flow is looking like? Number two, he buys up all of the surrounding areas in Wrigley to avoid lawsuits on blocking the view. Number three, he gets rid of WGN. Number four, his ticket prices are astronomical. Number five, the concessions are horrible. Number six, you can't buy beer anymore because these guys that are selling beer have to uh, use a little machine and a credit card, and it takes them 15 minutes to pour a beer. Now, this climate did not happen overnight. What did happen overnight is Hoyer got outsmarted. I mean... What's the value? If, if you've got a used car and the book value is, is uh, $25,000, you go to the first person who decides he wants to buy your car and you say, hey, look, you know, this is a great car, but the uh, radiator overheats. If the temperature gets over 50 degrees outside, the car overheats and smokes. So, and, and in addition to that, there's a big rattle in the back. I can't figure out what it is. And then what do you think? Do you think the guy's going to pay twenty-five grand, or is he going to pay five grand? He's going to pay five grand. He's not going to pay book value for an injured product, and so that is exactly what happened with all the Cub guys. Oh my God! You know, he waits until the last day to trade a guy who, if what is said by Hoyer is true, 
let's just assume that Hoyer is just stupid to say it and what he's saying is true, that he made offers to the Cub players that he thought was fair, and they didn't even have the courtesy to counteroffer. Now, come on. Seriously, Scott Boris, you offended Jed Hoyer? Now, my point is that this problem should have occurred in 2019 or 2020. Yeah, you've got the pandemic, blah, blah, blah. But they should have realized that the ship with Chris Bryant was going down. So what would you do? Trade him. Back in 2019, he had a lot of value. Trade him in 2020. He still had a lot of value. Now he had an off season, bad season here, good season there. But get rid of him when you can get something for him. But don't let the world know that uh, here's my poker hand. Now let's, you know, it's like playing five card stud, and you put all your cards face up, and your opponent doesn't have to show you anything. I mean, they got just what one would expect. Now, there wasn't the old, well, screw you guys, we're going to keep him. It was, we got to get rid of these guys. And so they did for nobody's. I mean, in the first, the first indication of that was Jock Peterson gets traded to Atlanta for a guy in A-ball that's hitting 205. Oh, but he got drafted high. Well, some other team made an idiotic move and drafted a guy. He's hitting 205 in A-ball. Well, it's high A-ball. Well, the guy must be high because at 205, why in the world would Jed Hoyer make that deal? Then then the roof caved in as he sent Tapera, one of their three great bullpen guys, to the White Sox, and Chafin, another great bullpen guy, to the A's, and Kimbrell to the White Sox, getting nothing but Madrigal, a second baseman for which they paid Bodie, $15 million to play second base, and then they drafted and developed Nico Horner. They need a second baseman, and they had Addison Russell, and you could have moved Javi over to second. They needed a second baseman as much as I need to gain another pound on my my counter diet. Ridiculous. Absolutely 100% ridiculous. So they got the bullpen. They trade Chafin. They trade Tapera, and they trade Kimbrell, they get nothing. Now, flashback to 2016, okay? Flashback to 2016, the year the Cubs broke the curse, the year they went to the World Series, the year they won the World Series. Why did they get to the World Series? I'll tell you why they got to the World Series. They got there because of Chapman. Where did Chapman come? Well, Right around the trade deadline, maybe a little before, Theo wanted a closer. And the Yankees were willing to rent Chapman to the Cubs. Because remember, once the year was over, Chapman went back to New York. Was that prearranged? I think it was. Was that legal? I don't think it was. But nobody gives a darn. Not Manfred, that's for sure. So... They make a deadline deal with the best closer in baseball, just exactly like what the Cubs did on a deadline deal with the best closer in baseball, Craig Kimbrell. Now, when the Yankees dangled Chapman and said, hey, if you want him, pretty good for your team, but we want your number one prospect. We want Gliber Torres. 
your number one guy. Dio. Okay. Fast forward six months, they get Chapman back, they have Torres, and he's now uh, uh, their second baseman. Hmm. Great move. What did we get for our best closer in baseball? A number nine prospect from the um, White Sox. They've got a second baseman. Got really virtually nothing. We didn't need a we didn't need a second baseman. We need pitching. Oh, pitching! You say. Well, we made a trade. We being the Cubs, and I, not we. You know, I'm a season ticket holder for another two months. Not even two months. The Cubs needed pitching. So they go to the Crosstown boys and they go, okay, we'll take Quintana and we'll give you somebody. And who do they give? Well, again, compare that to Chris Bryant. Compare that to Anthony Rizzo. Compare that to Javier Baez. These three guys were better than Quintana, more valuable than Quintana. The Cubs give up for Quintana because Rick Hahn uh, and the chairman, Mr. Reinsdorf, know how to negotiate. They got Eloy Jimenez when he's healthy, one of the best outfielders in baseball. When we traded Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez, we virtually got nothing. Now, some guys write, oh, this really strengthens the farm system. We don't know how to develop the farm system. We don't know how to hit. We don't have a hitting coach. We have gotten rid of Joe Madden. We have, in fact, we've gotten rid of everybody on the team except two guys. One that you ought to keep, and that's Wilson Contreras. And the other is a guy you can't give away. Even if you pay a salary, you can't. I mean, they paid Rizzo's salary. Why didn't they pay Hayward's salary and say, hey, guys, somebody take this guy out of our clubhouse? And then there is the number one draft choice from Cincinnati, Ohio. The number one guy, the guy that he's still going through the processes because hitting is a process. And if you go and exhaust all the processes, ultimately, since you're a stud, you'll start hitting like a stud and earning your money if the Cubs keep paying him. That is nothing other than hapless hap. They can't give away anybody with an H. Now, yeah, 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 there are a couple guys left on the team that might have an H in their name, but Hap and Hayward can't get rid of You can't get rid of them. You can't get nobody to take them. So they get, I'm going to try to name all the guys. They got rid of Tapera. They got rid of Chafin. They got rid of Kimbrell. They got rid of Trevor Williams. They got rid of Baez, Rizzo, Bryant. They got rid of Jake Marzenak. They got rid of uh, Jack Peterson. And they got rid of uh, somebody else that's just not jumping right out at me. But they are, without a doubt, Pathetic, and that's all Ricketts' fault because he didn't pay these guys and he didn't hire good coaches to coach these guys. So you say, oh, come on, what's a coach have to do with it? Well, a coach has everything to do with it. Their organization is in free fall. Oh, this isn't a rebuild. We're going to do it quickly. Not with Jed Hoyer. The rebuild ought to start with a new owner. But assuming that Ricketts says, eh, heck, I'm not going to sell this baby. I put too much money into it, even though he could probably get $3 billion for the team. Uh, the rebuild ought to start with somebody that knows something about baseball 
in the front office, and that's not Jed Hoyer. And even if it was, uh, he should, by his demonstration of futility, uh, be fired, along with the hitting coach. I'd keep Rossi. I mean, what the hell is Ross going to do besides activate himself and hit, catch? Uh, they have no backup catcher. They have not had a leadoff man since Dexter Fowler in 2016. No leadoff man. They have no starting pitching. Hendricks, uh, Davies, and Mills. Oh, my God. I mean, really, they're bad. And then their bullpen gives it up two or three days out of the, mo- out of the first week. While all these other guys, Baez is making star plays and hitting home runs. Bryant hitting home runs. Rizzo uh, sets a record. Um, it's, uh, it's sad. So here's the deal. Um, I may go to another game or two, take a grandchild to a game, but I'm not getting season tickets. I asked for a refund since it was now double-A baseball. I haven't heard back from my ticket rep. She used to respond instantaneously But I would imagine that I was not the only one to email her saying, hey, look, um, I have $4,000 credit. Can you guys just send me a check? No response. Um, You know, with these nine players gone, it's not really Major League Baseball. But the last time I looked at my ticket, it was $284 for a night game against the Diamondbacks. That doesn't seem quite fair. And so I asked for my credit in a check, and I asked for a refund on my season tickets, and I haven't heard from the Cubs. They have not said anything. So what do you do? I I guess the only thing you can do is not get the tickets anymore. And believe me, it is euphoria. It is euphoria. I don't want to ever watch Ian Happ ground out whether the guy's playing second base or short right field. I don't ever want to. They don't have a leadoff, man. They don't have a, a pitcher that throws more than 87 miles an hour. Oh, my goodness. So it'll be 10 years before they rebuild, if at all. And so there ends the saga of the dump. The dumpity-dumpity-dump by the Chicago Cubs. And for you folks out there that email me saying, hey, you need therapy, you need to get off the ledge, it's not that bad. It's not, you're right, I don't need therapy, but it's not that bad. Uh, Well, the Cubs are that bad. But that baseball, why don't they have another trade deadline? They should have a trade deadline in July and then another one in August and maybe another one at the end of September like the NFL where you can go out, if a guy gets cut, you can go sign anybody and he can go play in the Super Bowl if he just walked into the locker room for the first day. Why not do that? Uh, You know, why do they go through the charade uh, when, when these deals are to the rich. The rich get richer and the poor fans get robbed. And, um, you know, Rickett sends a letter to the season ticket holders. Oh, I know it's been a rough time, but but we're doing what we need to do. Hoyer gets on the radio and says, these guys say they wanted to be Cubs, but they really didn't. They never counter-offered. We gave them offers that were, I'll put those up against any market offer that those guys get and they just walked they didn't want to stay here well why not you know they all claim to love Chicago they've all got their families at Chicago different places so why don't they want to go because the Cubs have a crappy losing culture they have an owner that doesn't get it compare him to Jerry Reinsdorf 
Mr. Reinsdorf, for whatever reason, is building up the Chicago White Sox. He's got like the two best closers in the American League. Uh, and, and then Tapera. So you go to Tapera, Kimbrell, and Hendricks, or Hendricks and then Kimbrell. Man, you got, you got two lights out closers and a setup guy. So it's like the, 19, uh, the 2014 and 15 Royals. You get to the seventh inning, you can shut, you can forget about it. They're gonna, the Royals are gonna beat you. The White Sox are gonna beat you. Now, the White Sox have been having trouble with the Royals. Go figure. The Royals are kicking their butt, and like why? And the Royals kind of dumped Danny Duffy to the Dodgers. Look, there's no competitive balance when the Los Angeles Dodgers could care less about the. Um, salary cap or the luxury tax or whatever you want to call it, there's something wrong. And what's wrong is that the Dodgers can go after anybody. They don't care how much it costs. They want to keep winning. They don't fade like the Royals did. They don't fade like the Cubs did. They don't fade like the um, other teams who win World Series and then decide to hibernate. So anyway, like I said, the whole system is broken but the biggest break is on the north side of chicago and that's too bad i mean they still they still fill up that ballpark now they really haven't been home since the trade deadline and they come home against the white Sox friday saturday sunday of this weekend i don't know but if it's a any gauge that my price sought after on stubhub is plummeting uh, that just shows you where they're at. And it shows you where I'm going to be. I'm going to be not at Wrigley Field anymore. It's ridiculous. Anyway, that, that's it. Let's take a break. Let me unwind. I mean, I really didn't come down that hard. I thought I'd be a lot uh, more venomous, a lot more in-your-face, Tom Ricketts. You just suck as an owner. Let me just say that. You suck. You're letting uh, Jed Hoyer run a team sucks. The guy doesn't know what he's doing. Theo had a good idea why I was getting out of town. And nobody, I don't, I don't know who's running the show, but, but uh, you guys are pathetic. Pathetic. You were in first place a month ago, and now you bailed out. Why is that? Well, because you didn't sign your studs. There was no camaraderie. There was no chemistry. There was only, oh, my God, wait till the de trade deadline, boys, because we're going to be out of here, and out of here they were. And, hey, Good news. After that, we're free agents. We don't have to jack with the Cubs anymore. And uh, we're done with those guys. And why? Because the organization's in free fall. Why else? Don't know. So, I mean, you're playing in front of great fans every day. Pretty good weather for the most part. And uh, there you go. So, take a break. Come back. And when we come back, we'll talk about a few other thoughts. And then... We will wait in anticipation for the clock to continue to tick, and we run down another hour, and it's time for a little visit that's overdue with Craig Kishan. So we're back from break, and the uh, leaf blower seems to have stopped outside, which is a good thing. And uh, we just have a little while to wait for 
Mr. Kashan to uh, finish up his morning business and get back to us on a Zoom call. So we're going to go from our typical format to a Zoom format. We're going to have a guest. That would be Craig Kashan. I think I've said that 15 or 20 times. I'm so excited because it's been forever since Craig was on the show, and it's been forever since I talked to, uh, to Craig. So we're going to talk about the trades, who won, who lost. We're going to talk about the general state of baseball. We're going to talk about the Brewers because they have a general manager that actually makes good deals. And I was pretty critical of the Willie Adamas trade, but whoa, baby, did that pay off. And then they got Escobar, and uh, they got a couple other guys, including one of the great names in baseball, Rowdy. Telez, man, oh man, the guy's hitting home runs like left and right, pretty exciting, and uh, now the kids are running through the leaves down there, that these guys have taken great lengths to blow into a pile, and the little kids are tearing around, that's play-by-play on the leaf piles and the kids outside of my townhouse, be that as it may, uh, the Brewers added Escobar, they added Willie Adamas, they added uh, Rowdy Telez, and... um, they're looking pretty good. They're seven and a half games in front of the Reds. My pick to uh, get in the wild card. We'll talk about the wild card potential. We'll talk about the winners and the losers. Uh, the White Sox ought to be a little worried about the uh, fact that the Royals are beating them like a like a drum. So who knows? Does anybody care anymore? Have they taken the fun out of baseball? You'll notice a lot of baseball is now gambling. If you look at the MLB Network, when Heidi Watney's not on. And they have the odds going across the bottom ribbon every day, all the time. Uh, You've got, I don't know, some people that are thinking, oh, this is really fun. The Astros and the Dodgers rivalry is intensifying. Uh, There's a balk called on a catcher. I got to tell you, there's a few rules I didn't know about. One is if the catcher playing in a 110-degree heat index – uses his mask to scoop up a pitch that may have errantly gone off his shin guard a foot away, an inch away. If he scoops up the ball with his mask, balk. Runners advance. Balk. Did you guys know that? Boy, I didn't know that. Here's another deal, another balk. If the catcher, and I did sort of know this, but nobody ever, nobody calls it. A catcher, you know, for a pitch out or an intentional walk, back when they had intentional walks, uh, would get out of the batter's box before the ball was thrown. That's a balk. Let's say the pitcher slips on the rubber, throws the ball on the ground, and it's rolling towards home plate, but the catcher, being an energetic lad, goes out and picks up the ball in front of the plate. Balk. How dumb is that? If a player inadvertently goes out for a pop-up, drops his glove on the ground somehow, and uses his cap to catch the ball, uh, no way. That's illegal, and the runners advance. So there are some really dumb rules that I haven't really heard much about. Catcher's interference is a really dumb rule, but I can understand it. And what's dumb is the player. What's dumber are the guys not getting vaccinated. Yes. Now, is that political? No. Let me just say this. The fact that everybody in the country should be vaccinated is not political, okay? 
I tell everybody, and for you folks that want to turn off the program now because I'm segueing into vaccinations, it's only relevant for the uh, baseball teams because all these guys should be mandatorily vaccinated. And I tell people, uh, look, if your mother took the position that you take, you'd probably be paralyzed with polio. Huh, what about them apples? Or dead from smallpox, or dead from cholera, or dead from yellow fever, or dead, 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 dead. So, all right. I, I, I apologize for those of you who are offended and think that I'm segueing into political. There's nothing red or blue about getting vaccinated. Everybody ought to get it. Oh, but the FDA has not given final approval. And when they do, they'll be going, oh, the FDA artificially accelerated the process. And so it's still not sound, although... The, 300 million people in the world have been vaccinated, and, like, uh, there are no side effects. Oh, you're wrong. No, I'm not. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Anyway, here's how it's relevant on the lighter side of baseball. And, frankly, I hate to admit this, but there ain't much light about baseball right now. So is there a need for a show called The Lighter Side of Baseball? You, put, you people out there are going, no, man, you have... You have run the gamut, and maybe that's true. But as amazing as it is that baseball has been able to function this far into the year without a major outbreak of COVID is a testament to their protocol. Now, the Yankees have been bothered a bit lately, and uh, just recently the Brewers. We'll talk to Craig about what's he think about covid and Josh Hader. Man, oh man. Guys lights out. Give me Josh Hader. Give me the Brewers pitching staff. Give me that team winning the Central Division. Now, again, I think the Reds and the Brewers are going to be good for a long time. I think the Cardinals... If they get a new manager, we'll be good. Their manager's a wuss. Get rid of that guy. He's He ought to be president of the team, not a manager. Uh, get Yadi Molina to be the manager, and oh, my God, I'd even root for the uh, – no, sorry. I got carried away. I would not root for them. One of the funniest lighter sides of baseball this week, I thought, and I know this is kind of bad humor. It's not humor. Sour grapes? No, nah, not really. John Lester gets traded to the Cardinals, which is kind of funny. And what happens? Lester gets lit up. Lit up. I think he gave up six runs before he got his first out. Gets gets kind of pissy with the umpire. And uh, he is in his debut in deep doo-doo. Deep doo-doo. So his debut didn't go so good. Lester's year hasn't gone so good. He's a great guy, instrumental in the Cubs winning the World Series along with John Lackey, David Ross, Dexter Fowler, Kyle Schwarber, on and on and on. And now add Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant to the list of guys that are bye-bye Wrigley. And shame on the Cubs. Now, no more shame than on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, I'm going to talk to Craig about this because I've mentioned it on another podcast. I, I find this unbelievably fascinating. And you'll recall on my last exciting podcast, 
I said, if the Pittsburgh Pirates owner and general manager, president of baseball operations, whatever you want to call those morons, and I use that term because it applies, if they had just slept from 2017 through today, okay, if they had just slept and said, look, my ownership group has billions of bucks available, so for you just took over the luxury tax, but here is who they would have had. Garrett Cole, Nova, Glassnow, Trevor Williams, Musgrove, boom, and Malincicom. Okay, Cole, Nova, Glassnow, Williams, Malincicom, and Musgrove. Great pitching staff. Find six other guys and you are going to win a lot of games. A lot of games. That's correct. Now, who do you think they had on their roster that wasn't a pitcher? Well, Starlin Marte, Polanco, McCutcheon, Austin Meadows, Josh Harrison, Josh Bell, Adam Frazier. Are you kidding me? Let me just say that again. Starlin Marte, Gregory Polanco, Austin Meadows, Josh Bell, Josh Harrison, McCutcheon, Adam Frazier. <laughs> There's, there is a dynasty. Now, do they break, do, are, the, are the pirates here to just give guys away? Oh, we don't want to pay those guys when they get we developed the same philosophy that Tom Ricketts took up. Now, he didn't take up the Jerry Reinsdorf deal. Reinsdorf not only trades for a bunch of guys, but when Lance Lynn is going good, he gives him a $38 million bonus, an extension. Lance, you've done pretty good for us. I want to sign you. Yeah, is it a friendly contract to the team? Hmm. Is it a friendlier contract to uh, Lance Lynn? You bet. You bet. Oh, my God. Now, we'll talk about the Milwaukee Bucks with Craig. We're going to talk about Rowdy Tellez. We're going to talk about Willie Adamas. We're going to talk about Escobar. We're going to talk about the winners and the losers, as we've alluded to a little bit. And we're going to talk about the offense in baseball. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the offense in baseball. And here's a question. As ridiculed as baseball was for checking the pitchers, uh, for foreign substances, the spin rate's gone way down and the offense has gone up. Unbelievable. So you get a juiced ball. You get no foreign substance, no pine tar on the ball. You get these bats that are as hard as a rock, as light as a feather, and little bitty stadiums like Cincinnati, and voila, you have offense returning everywhere, but on the north side of Chicago, my God, the Cubs cannot hit. And now, what are they left with? Bodie, Nico, Wisdom, Ortega, household names, Ian Friggin' Hap, 175 Hayward. They have nothing but Wilson Contreras, and they're going to get rid of him too. He's... He's saying all the right stuff. Oh, if the Cubs want to put put their money there and use me to start a new team, 
I'm for them. Uh, I don't think so, Willie. But I don't see them paying you $250 million and that's what you're worth. I don't see it. So you can go to the Mets. You can go to the Dodgers. You can go anywhere you want but Chicago because, you know, there must be something wrong with playing there. Don't know. Don't get it. So, I mean, who do the Cubs have? Is there anybody you'd go to pay see? I mean, pay to go see? Oh, say, can you see? I can see clearly now. I can see clearly now the Cubs do so. All right, I'm not going to sing anymore. I'm not going to get political. I'm just going to say boo-hoo, boo-hoo. I'm so sad to be a Cubs season ticket holder. But not for long, baby. Under two months. I am out of here. And uh, I'm going to root for the Brewers. I'm going to root against the Cardinals. And I am going to uh, uh, wonder why they let the Dodgers do what the Dodgers do. And wonder, will the Giants hang on to win that division? I don't think so. Will the Padres catch fire? I don't get their problem, although they got some pitching problems. And, uh, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. Should we have another trade deadline? In other words... You know, back they used to have two all-star games during the season. Why don't we have two trading deadlines? You know, with some criteria that for the second trading deadline, you can only get rid of guys that are making over $25 million a year. So that'll limit it a little bit. I don't know. Am I critical? Am I cynical? Am I in a bad mood? Uh, I'm critical. I'm cynical. I'm in a great mood. I'm in a great mood. Um... And uh, when, when we get Mr. Kashan on the phone, it'll even be a better mood. So for Jamie Reske and Spotify and all, on, all of our sponsors that we don't have, I'd like to wish you a great day. And when you get done listening to this, you'll have real quality podcasting with Craig Kashan. So until then, Jamie Reske on the lighter side of baseball, wishing you a great day and stay cool. Thank you.